You're listening to Aid Evolved, and I'm your host, Rowena Luke. This season, we're talking to founders, people who have built the social enterprises that are improving lives in Africa. Today, I'm speaking with Crispinus Onyancha, founder and CEO of Clinic PESA. Clinic PESA is a digital health social enterprise that is providing affordable healthcare financing to the uninsured in Uganda. This conversation was recorded live and in person at the Clinic PESA offices in Kampala, Uganda. Clinic PESA is a healthcare financing organization. This means that they provide products and services to help people pay for a medical emergency. For example, they provide a kind of automated savings account to help mothers prepare for an upcoming delivery. And of course, the only way to make this feasible in Uganda is to manage contributions through mobile money and savings in a mobile wallet accessible through your cell phone. And in the cases where the finances don't exist, they also provide loans so that people can get life-saving treatment and get back on their feet, even if they're falling a little bit short. Today, this service supports 1,600 pharmacies across Uganda. And pay attention towards the end of our conversation when Crispinus drops a hint of a whole new line of products that they're going to release later this year. Clinic PESA is raising a late seed stage round of funding. If you're interested in supporting them, either through debt or equity, contact admin at clinicpesa.com. Today, we're going to hear Crispinus's story about growing up as a boy in a village in rural Uganda who couldn't even pay his school fees and how he was able to rise to the top of his class, to the MIT scale-up program, and finally, to building his own company and his own product. We start with his humble beginnings in a village outside of the capital, Kampala. So I'm Onyancha Crispinus. Just to tell you a little bit about myself, I'm a software engineer by profession. I went to, of course, a UPE school. A UPE school is a government school. They actually give you free, free schooling. I was with my grandmother, uh, staying with my grandmother back then. It was a bit challenging because um, we didn't have so much money that you would actually have some lunch once you've gone to school. School was actually far, far away from uh, from where, where we actually stayed. You had to work in the morning. Oh, you must have been very fit. <laughs> yeah, you had to work in the morning with your fellow uh, neighbors, kids. You take on the journey, some good miles to get to school. In our school, actually, we, we, we used to walk barefoot. When you reach school, then you have to get to class before you get to class, you have to do the cleaning up of, of the school because, you know, UPE schools, <laughs> in most cases, they are no cleaners. So we are the cleaners. So you have to get, uh, you actually carry your own broom from, uh, from home. Eh? This broom, you have to break it from the bushes. This was a village. Set. Putting the kids to work. Yeah. So then you clean your own class. Then, of course, you start, start class. Uh, the beauty is that for me, I would pay very key attention to the teacher and I was very good at math and that helped me uh, be able to perform better when it came to, to, to studies. But then I was actually very small. So there was a bit of bullying, you know? Oh no, <laughs> kids are the worst. They're yes. so mean. They don't there even was a know. Bit of, yeah, there was a bit of bullying and uh, I, I, I found it that my knowledge in math was able to give me security from the, yeah. That was so, your superpower. Yes. So it was able to give me a bit of security in that uh, you get a, uh, one of the big boys and tell them, make sure they don't bully me. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I will not teach you. 
<laughs> you end up failing this. And you need your math to get exactly. by. Exactly. So even then you were working so, with the skills that you have yeah, so, and you were getting refuge in your in your math skills. Yeah, for me using my skill set to get me to the next level was the thing. And that got me to get to a, uh, a very good school in secondary school. That is uh, Mbale College where mm-hmm. I went there. But then we had issues with school fees. It was mm-hmm. tough. Most of the times, whenever they would send people out, as among the f- people who would actually be sent out to go and bring school fees. See again, there's someone they would send out to yes. bring in the school so fees. So normally there is defaulters of school fees, you know? Were you one of them? I never escaped that. <laughs> <laughs> I never escaped the, the being among the defaulters of school fees. Because it was too steep. Yeah, because uh, we didn't have we didn't have that much money. My right. parents are t- uh, t- uh, high school. They are high school teachers, and we know in this country, high school teachers yeah, so make nothing. It's it's, it's being paid, but mm-hmm. it's uh, some you you get something, but mm-hmm. of course, when you look at the costs of of school fees and the likes, other necessities, and of course, coming from a family of six. Six. Yeah. Six. Where do you fit in that six? <laughs> <laughs> I come. I, I come in fourth. Okay. So coming from a family of six, it was not that an easy journey for Moas or my mother, mm-hmm. who was actually pushing so hard to make sure that this school fees is paid and you're always at school, you know? Wow. So I went through high school, but always whenever they call defaulters, you're among the defaulters. So when it got to university, but when it got to university, then that became a bit challenging now. Yeah, because now university is even more expensive. The tuition fees were actually very high. Now, I, during that time, I devised means of now doing consultancies. The first consultancy I ever did was going back to my school and tell them, let me build for you a solution for your academic results and all that for managing uh, student results and everything. Oh, like write software for them yes. to help manage their results. Yes. How enterprising. Yeah, because of the little skill I'd actually gained, gained mm-hmm. from class for yeah. the first year, they accepted. I did the solution. When it came to deploying and they were supposed to pay for it, they didn't pay for it. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, so it, they didn't pay for it. and But for me, I was proud that I was able to do for them an assist. Yeah. I can see the seeds of your, yeah. your, your business mind <laughs> and your engineering coming together. Yeah. That, so that. thereafter, I used to stay in, uh, in, in, a, in a small rental somewhere because I wouldn't afford the hostel, you know. So in this rental, I had a neighbor. The neighbor used to work for Equity Bank. Yeah, he just joined. Was he making good money there? Yeah, for him, he was getting paid, you know. One night he comes to me and he's like, hey, Chris, you should do for me something that manages collateral like this and that. And that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Then I build this thing. I build it like in two days. I had a working solution. And he tells me, no, you see, I gave it to him. He said, I'm going to take it to my boss. Took it to his boss. I implemented the solution. The banks had not implemented these things locally. They had, yes, consulting firms, but they would charge heavily, you know. There is a, a, a small boy in the neighborhood who just developed this thing for free for the bank, you know. <laughs> so the boss invites me. I go sit and he tells me, you man, you know what you've done? Eh? This, is super, this is magic. <laughs> and then I tell him, no, it's uh, what I've learned and this is what I can be able to do. If you want anything, just tell me. I can be able to quantify. And he yeah. puts quite a number of requirements. Additional requirements. Oh, so now, now you've got work. And I built a whole system for the bank. Really? Yes. Yeah, so the bank started using the solution. 
commercially using the solution. They kept on calling me. Every time they called me, they would give me some very little money for transport, you know? <laughs> for transport? It's yes. a bank. Come on. Yes. They would, <laughs> they would give me some little money for transport. Yeah. I go, reach there, fix whatever they needed me to fix, and I'm out. <laughs> You're getting the short end of the deal here. <laughs> yeah. It was actually building a relationship. Mm. Because today, mm. I work with the same bank. You know, oh. they're one of my partners. Really? Yeah. And I have a very good deal from the bank. Reason being because I built a very good relationship back. Then. Yeah. Yeah. So many years ago. Look at it as, as a return from the hard work that yeah. I did give them at no cost back then. With the early success of the banking application under his belt, Crispinus was excited to dive into the technology space. He created a small consulting company. And before long, they were able to land a major new client the National Media Group. This is the biggest television station in the country. With this group, they created an application for citizen journalism that ended up reaching 200,000 users. But turns out journalism doesn't pay that well. So after a few years, it felt like time for the next big idea. And then, as luck would have it, something happened, which reminded Crispinus of how fragile human health could be. I did fall sick and I didn't have uh, enough money. I'd just gone for my last consultancy in Western Uganda. And um, from coming back, I think I came back with a small infection. So I was down, very sick. I walked to the next uh, clinic, my next door clinic. And I asked the doctor, I begged the doctor to actually treat me for, so I could pay later. I was hurting. I could not be able to move. I was expecting my payment later on that week, but I went with my card and told the doctor, you can keep my card and this is the pin. Yeah. I know money is coming. You yeah. can always what? Oh. Draw to pay it out. The doctor told me, no, we're going to treat you. You're going to get well and you're going to go draw the money or come and pay. Yeah. And that is because this was a small clinic. So if you go to a hospital today, you're not going to get uh, the doctors to, to see you without paying. That's because the hospital is big and they're managing quite a lot of patients. And it's not just one doctor's discretion. Yes. It's hospital policy. They exactly. will turn you away. Yes. So you, you have to pray. first pay before you actually see the doctor. The lucky charm for me here was that I had to first, it's a small clinic. Mm-hmm. And the first person you're even seeing is a doctor right mm-hmm. there. And you can be able to talk to the doctor even before. Yeah. The doctor is seeing a, a patient who is in pain, yeah. you know? Yeah. So he then decides to apply his, his human side, you know, mm-hmm. of, of reasoning and saying, okay, I'm going to give you treatment. You're going to get fine and you're going to go get this money and come and pay. Good man. I'm so glad that he was able to treat you. And you can imagine all the other families. It's like an individual goes to the hospital, the hospital turns them away. And that's why you have these, these, these phone calls where like, you know, you call your, your brother and your cousin and your second cousin being like, please, please, please send money because so, so many people don't get treatment yeah, at the hospital. So for me, when I looked at it, I was like, okay, let me start skipping some money aside such that in a rainy day, because I'm in consultancy, I will be able to finance my healthcare. Yeah. You were suddenly faced with your own mortality. Yeah. The fact that you're not invincible. Growing <laughs> up as a child, I've, we've not been, we've never bought insurance. And this is the yeah. same. I think it's because of the same mindset that uh, at the end of the year, you're losing money to insurance because you don't get You're losing money to insurance because you're not what? If you don't fall sick, the premium goes. Of course, then you have to subscribe afresh. So when we go back to our African ideology of, I will use the money that I've kept aside when I actually fall sick. 
you see, challenges are challenges. The money is not going to sit there and wait for it for a sake. You're yeah. going to have to consume the money in some something else because there are a lot of demanding aspects. So when I was given treatment, I asked myself, okay, let me keep some money. But just to convince my neighbors around to keep some little money mm-hmm. was a big, big challenge. And then I asked so myself, hard. once we did the research, we checked that um, the problem is actually very huge in the market. And did you know anything about, about healthcare or financing or any no. of that space before you got into At this? At that point, I didn't know anything about healthcare financing. It is actually coming from a, that personal painful experience. And when we, when I checked that so many people actually going through the same challenge, took it uh, to myself to actually start to put to, to take the first step mm-hmm. and create that solution that mm-hmm. would work the way the market actually works, mm-hmm. but still help people mm-hmm. solve the actual problem they're actually facing. Yeah. And it's it's a unique solution that yeah. you came up with. Like it's not something it's it's something that's very targeted towards the Ugandan exactly. context. Can you can you describe a bit about so that uh, idea? The solution back then we just come up with a solution of Someone should be able to keep money aside. When you fall sick, just call us and come and pay. We can't pay. But then when people kept some money, we worked around one facility and people kept around 390 customers actually kept the money with us. When they were using the money, people demanded that, okay, since I've trusted you with some of my money, when I come back and probably I'm receiving treatment and it's a little bit above my bill, can you be able to give me the whole treatment Mm-hmm. Then I, I am able to pay back the mm-hmm. top, the the, 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 the missing cup later oh, on, you know? Like, can they take a small loan out? That is when top the loan the aspect was actually introduced. So we just did wake up to say, let's lend to customers. Right. So your solution, it's, it's a combination of both yes, this savings is all and loans. driven by what the market actually demanded and how the market behaved around mm-hmm. the initial offering, which was just... For us, we're looking at let's provide a solution where someone keeps trusts you with their money. Yeah. When you're sick, just call and be able to pay. That makes sense because you know you have this entire population that is living so close to the edge. And what can you do to smooth that over? You know, take some money from the past, take some money from the future, apply it towards today. How does that behavior change work? Like, how did you convince people to put small small money aside? Like you said, it was hard without the tech, but does the tech? Yeah. So we had to first of all put up some technology. Technology just for people to, because somehow mobile money was is in the market and people trust mobile money. So we had to look at also uh, strategic partnerships with entities that have already garnered the, 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 the trust. And so we thought of not creating anything new out of, out of the box that would, would right. distract the aspects of, 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 of what? Of trust, you know, yeah. and what people are already used to. Yeah. So we went on to partner with telecom companies that makes sense. Like yes. Airtel, like MTN yes. here in Uganda. So we actually partnered with the MTN. So MTN put a very good uh, uh, offering to the customers. So we partnered with the MTN and uh, we rolled out our solution, of course, through mobile money. So we rolled out our solution through mobile money. And for us, of course, this mode of collection where people are used to the moving money from their mobile money into their wallet. And we went a little bit big on uh, customer care we made sure that customer complaints are, are mm-hmm. number one dealt with. So we never let a complaint slip through <laughs> because at the end of the day, if it meant that we had to actually send a team member to go down to a customer, to go down to a customer and explain to a customer why a certain thing happened the way it actually did happen, it's what we would actually do. So that we, yeah. we, that recommendation that you get from this customer 
would get to another customer and another customer and another customer. In this period, there were a few key strategic bets that Crispin has made. The first one, which is really impressive if you've ever talked to an aspiring founder, was the decision to wait a year and a half in order to get regulatory approval from the government of Uganda. Clinic Fessa got started on this even before the regulation was clear, but they knew that if they were going to be trusted with people's money, they needed to have some kind of government oversight and they needed to play the long game. The other strategic move Crispinus made was to invest early on in their relationship with MTN, the largest telco provider in Uganda, whose mobile money offering is a core building block of the Clinic Pesa product. At this point, Crispinus had been selected to participate in the MIT D-Lab, or Design Lab, Scale-Up Fellows Program, an experience which he attributes with giving him the tools to negotiate a successful partnership with MTN. It's all about, of course, building relationships and be, being able to demonstrate the value. Mm-hmm. Because as I said in the MIT D-Lab uh, Accelerator, we did uh, almost seven different new sessions that were created around partnerships. So here valuing, uh, uh, balancing partnership value, because there's not just a partnership because I know you. You have to come and show me the value that you want to extend to me and what you think you can gain from me when you work together. What is that strike balance? And it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a 70, a 70, 30 match. It should be a, a 50, 50, 50, 50, uh, 40, 60, you know, yeah. that's a good partnership. And of course, people do these partnership assessments eventually, mm-hmm. year in, year out. And if someone sees that the partnership is a 30, 70, normally those partnerships are terminated. So a, term, a partnership is not a guarantee of continue, continuity forever, yeah. no. It is a guarantee of are you gaining value mm-hmm. and are you getting value back? Are you or are we putting our resources together, probably what you have and what I have, mm-hmm. to gain a competitive advantage? So there are several strikes that, um, that, that did come out and supported us in positioning the value or even demonstrating the value for the telco and aspects of competitive advantage, new customers, growth of revenues and things like that. Mm-hmm. So which, which is, yeah, which is something that someone, of course, will definitely want to, that is what people are pushing for on a day to day. What was your first uh, big client or big check? What was your first big win? Uh, when you, after you came up with the idea and, and had started building up? So for me, the first big win was uh, one of, our, one of my, uh, our investors. Uh, it was an incubator, of course, uh, Vilgro, that came in and uh, we did the hard, the, we actually pushed the hurdle together. That means we had to go through uh, running the, the, running the, the, the scale, uh, the scale partnership to, I mean, the scale of the, uh, making sure the scale of the MVP has actually been implemented, making sure different units are in line. Mm -hmm. They also participate, they also would finance certain other trainings like marketing. So you'd, you'd get a U.S. firm. Uh, to just come into clinic yourself, uh, stre- strengthen your, your marketing strategy and the likes, you know? Yeah. So the win was them seeing the value in your idea and investing in you and meeting their expectations. Yeah, because typically before that, they would do just grants. But then yeah. here they made the, the, the decision of taking on some equity into mm-hmm. the company. Yeah, because then they would see where the company is actually going. 
they would see the uh, the growth, the potential of the growth of growth. Yes, that they stuck with us for quite some time, even when we had hurdles and challenges, regulatory issues. You know, today where we we actually working with over one thousand six hundred also healthcare partners. Wow. Yes. 1,600 pharmacies that are partnered with Clinic Pesa. Pharmacies, clinics, hospitals. Whew. Yeah, And I can definitely see the, the value for a clinic or a hospital. It means they get paid consistently. You're going to get more services. It both allows them to provide services and allows for continuity of financing. So there's a clear value add. Yeah. And for us, uh, we didn't know that there was going to be a lot of value coming out of the network of healthcare partners. But today I can tell you we have over... Uh, three different products that we're actually preparing in the pipeline, which we will be launching in the, in the network of healthcare partners. Wow. And this, of course, will this be, year. Yeah, this year. This will definitely grow our revenue, uh, our revenue base to even uh, higher margins than we did not even, ever imagine. It's a big year for you. Yeah. So, and this is, of course, typically by listening to the partners. We, we, we are looking into launching, of course, a restocking unit, a drug restocking unit. That means we are going into the pharmaceutical chain. Mm. So there's quite a lot of um, a lot for Clinic Pesa to be able to offer to the market and make sure this is because you're actually listening to them. And mm. when someone is saying, okay, I'm running my business like this. I've collected money this much and I want to, instead of me drawing, can I be able to restock? And then you're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. So you want us to be able to move into this? Okay, mm-hmm. fine. Right. Then now you, you're looking into a new problem that you're solving. There is an aspect of, can you can be able to lend to, the, to, 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 to these healthcare partners, you know, because then most, most times you find that the ones we are work with, the ones we've so far worked with, they do not have, let's say, for example, they, they do not run their transactions through banks. Mm. And now they'll be able to run your tra- the transactions through you. That means you can be even a credit bureau for, uh, for them to be able to access credit for better, mm. uh, for, 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 for access to credit to improve their offering. Mm. Or you can actually be able to provide them directly with the credit, you know, mm. so that they can improve, uh, you, they can actually improve their, um, their, their, their service delivery too. Uh, your own customers who are actually on still on Clinic Pesa. Mm-hmm. So there is quite a lot that uh, we will be uh, extending yeah. Yeah, to sense. both customers. And one in turn brings value to the other at, at the end of the day. Yeah. So it's typically building an ecosystem, building an ecosystem and creating value in the healthcare space where people have not seen value, uh, put attached value before. As we were wrapping up our conversation, I had to ask Crispinus, what's next for Clinic Pesa? Of course, when I look at uh, Clinic Pesa, so far we've come quite a journey. Today, we, we, we have a huge market demand that we actually so, uh, we are, we are solving, you know, mm. and uh, we understand, just as I said initially, the, the partnership flag that we take, we still partner with investors. We still partner with investors to be able to serve the market demand. Of course, as we're moving forward, we're going to go a little bit big on debt because then the business is able to sustain debt. Of course, we are still doing a bit of equity, but we beat uh, the subsequent rounds. Of course, we'll be a bit cautious on uh, uh, equity. Uh, we take on uh, on what the business can be able to, when with the business actually doing an assessment in terms of what is affordable capital. Mm-hmm. Equity is actually one of the most expensive capital because entrepreneurs don't do the assessment eventually, but it's mm-hmm. one of the most expensive capital to service 
a business demand but uh, as 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 clinic pesa we will be of course having open conversations just as we are already having open conversations with investors as as new partners to continue growing the business the the, the vision of, of of the company to the next level of course clinic pesa has to move across african countries mm-hmm. to be able to make uh, the impact that it was actually created to to make at the end of the day just to wrap up our show we're going to close with a few last questions from our rapid fire segments the first question is do you have any asks for donors or investors who fund social enterprises having as you having knowing knowing the landscape as you do yes so we asking of course for collaboration partnership we know we can't be able to go far alone we've come so far to where we are through collaboration partnerships they've been donors who have financed different uh, different services that we've actually been pushing out the market that has created the traction that we stand with today there's been different equity investors who believed in clinic pesa and took the first jump into the uh, the company of course today we are doing uh, another raise that means we are still we are having conversations with equity investors and and debt investors but we're still open to building our networks for the subsequent rounds that we'll be actually raising for donor investors of course they've been they've done a quite a, 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 a huge push for clinic pesa when an equity investor of course definitely they're looking at okay we're too early stage because clinic pesa has been built from ground up you know uh the donor investor was able to come in and and be able to build cover the gaps for the equity investor we have different products like the clinic pesa mamas which helps expectant mothers this is just a value add, add service that we extending to expectant mothers to help them calculate their cost of safe child delivery and be able to save towards meeting this target to have a safe child delivery today we've served over 1000 mothers plus in that offering but it's been pushed actually by uh, by donor investors it's been financed and pushed by donor investors and the results are overwhelming we have over 249 healthcare maternal units that are actually participating in the program and pushing it so donor investors have done for us uh, quite a lot and they pushed for us a lot i would say great to hear say, yeah next question for you crispinus is advice if you could take a step back in time and speak to your younger self what advice would you give yourself what advice would i give myself i would tell myself to work with 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 smart young people the reason being is that smart young people can move a lot of things and they can be able to make they can be able to turn a lot of ideas today we've moved a lot of ideas to actual reality products you know that have seen people smile seen people have that satisfaction so for me i would take the same journey that i am actually taking but rather i would actually work with smart people who are who are actually willing to move mountains you know nice yeah <laughs> great to hear would you like to offer a shout out to someone who has inspired or guided your work okay someone who has inspired my work unfortunately actually passed on Oh, no. Yeah. Who is it? Um it was the former CEO of Safaricom. So I did meet him once. Uh-huh. He had come to Kampala and I sat in a conference with uh, where is actually speaking. And I was very 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 impressed. And that took told me it actually gave me the first push of if Bob could actually be able to do it without a university degree. Yeah, it was he didn't have a university degree. Today we've tied up everything around university degrees. For him his was 
as something that was personalized and pushed by him as a person. And he, he brought quite a lot of changes in Safaricom and a lot of uh, improvements in Safaricom, you know. Uh, that's why the time he was actually coming to Kampala, I took it upon myself to make sure I actually attend, take the front seat row and sit there and attend and listen. And I admired his work. I kept on following his work, his uh, different talks. I would see the results. And for me, that really worked for me. Unfortunately, that time when he actually did fall sick and unfortunately lost him, it was hard. But for me, he was the, pers- the, the person who actually kept on yeah, pushing for me that you can also be able to do it. Next question is about life hacks. What's one habit you've adopted in your life to keep yourself effective, productive, and or motivated? Okay, so for me, uh, one of the things that I've, I've, I've actually picked up is spend time with your family. Yes. Yeah. That's great to hear from a CEO like you. You can be very stressed. You can be very stressed because of uh, work challenges. So many things. <laughs> yes. For me, whenever I would hold my baby, all this stress would just go, you know? She's grown. She's grown, uh, but it's still been the activity I do on a daily to make sure, at least every day, the stress for that day has gone. I love that. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For anyone listening to this podcast that wants to learn more about you or about Clinic PESA, what's the best place to get more information? The best place to get information about Clinic PESA, uh, we have our Clinic PESA channels, all with the name tag Clinic PESA, either on Twitter on Facebook, on LinkedIn. And then we also have a website, clinicpesa.com. This is where you can be able to find uh, more information about Clinic Pesa. But then we are also big on social media. Great to hear. Thank you so much for being on the show today. You're welcome. That's it for today, everyone. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, spread the word on social media or even, God forbid, with real humans. Also, if you've made it this far in our episode, I'd love to hear from you. My question is, for our next episode, should we focus more on the technology side, the human story, the funding picture? Let me know. You can reach me at rowena at 8evolved.com. We'll see you in two weeks.